Yes. All right. We're recording. Whew. I didn't realize how quickly that button went. Hi, everybody. We're back. It is October 23rd today. And in this month being October, Nana informed me that her mother's birthday was October 6th. Because I think it's adorable because your birthday is November 6th. So you're one month apart in several years from your mother. Right. But in talking about Grandmother Stevens, um, Grandma and I just wanted to talk about her. Yeah, I thought I would tell how, what a great mother she was and what a, give a few facts about her life. She was born in 1905 on October 6th, the third child in a family of four, and uh, she was born in Denebrog, Nebraska, at home because that's when where children were born. She lived the first four or five years of her life in the in their home there. Her father was the depot agent. Um, and then one night, lightning hit the depot and it burned to the ground. And so when they rebuilt it, my grandfather insisted that they add living quarters, which was very unusual. I think it may have been one of the only stations on the Union Pacific Railroad that they added a living quarters. I was just going to ask you, a depot station is a train station? Yes. Okay. Because I think of Home Depot, so I thought hardware at first. No, it's a train oh, station. A okay. train station. There was no Home Depot at that point. No, not in 19... What, 1905, you said? Five. Seven. So there was, you said bunking or, or, or living quarters? Living quarters. At the depot? At the depot. Okay. Um, before they moved to the depot, though, this is one story she told. She was, I think, about four. And she came running into the house saying, Mama, Mama, there's a rocking chair on the porch and it's raining. Well, you're... Her mother went out, and there was a brand new rocking chair, and it was a surprise anniversary gift for her. But uh, that Grandma Stevens blue, yes. <laughs> but it was raining, so it's probably a good thing she told her. Ooh, it was probably handmade, right? The rocking chair could be. I mean, it's the one that Auntie has now. <gasps> I I didn't know that. So. Also, I was going to say, I did not know Grandmother Stevens, so she's Julia May. Right. And you're Myrtle May. Right. Then we have Christy May and Molly May. And my grandmother was Myrtle May. Myrtle May. So, Julia May, your mother, she was the third of four children? Yes. I'm the third of four children. I had never made that connection before. Yeah. So, forgive me, I don't know much about her history. So, who was the eldest of those kids? Her brother. Can you give me his name? Cashy. Cashy. I was going to guess Cashy. And then her sister, Lucy. I knew and that. And then my mother and then Bernice, her younger sister. Okay. Okay. I had Bernice and Lucy flipped. Right. But I digress. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make that connection. So anyway, she lived at the depot 
the rest of her life until she married and moved to uh, the farm in Coastfield. Oh, she had other residences because she boarded out when she was teaching. She, Be, go ahead, continue. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, because we've talked about it in the past, your parents' meet story of how they met yes. and fell in love. So, anyway, she graduated from high school. Um, when they first moved there, Dennerbrog was established as a Danish town. Danish? Danish. And they only spoke Danish. They didn't speak English. Like Solvang? Right. Okay. Solvang is a... a Danish town. Danish town. And when my, after my grandparents moved there, there was a Baptist church, but it was a Danish Baptist. And they did not, their services were in Danish. Oh, not English. Right. And then they started in the summertime, they would have a uh, Sunday school in English for the kids. And then at some point, the church became English speaking. And that's the church that they went to. And church was very important mm-hmm. in uh, their life. That was really the whole basic entertainment they had. Young people's meetings and... Uh, gatherings, picnics. Gatherings, yeah. And all their, all their friends were in the church and they all did things together. So my mother graduated, and she graduated as the valedictorian of her class. I did not know that. And then... Smarty pants. They had a course that you could start teaching as soon as you graduated from high school. And so she would teach during the school year, and then in the summer go to either Kearney or uh, Lincoln and take summer courses. And so she probably got maybe close to the equivalent of a couple years of college, college doing it that way. And she taught for 10 years. And her last two years being in um, Coastfield, where then she married my father. And this was at the, as I've said before, at the middle of the Depression area. Yeah era and so they told us to build what was called the basement house which was a hole dug in the ground and then about three feet concrete poured and then three feet above it so it was like living in a basement and their intention was always to build onto it and make it a probably a two-story house above it but that never happened Uh, so she um, and my father put in a huge garden, and they had lettuce, corn, rows and rows of corn, sweet corn, uh, rhubarb. They had rhubarb, a whole row of rhubarb, because it grows like weeds in Nebraska, is what I've been told. I, actually, we had two gardens. There was one by the house that. Had the lettuce, carrots, a few tomato plants, um, peas, radishes, that kind of thing. And then across the road and down the hill by the creek where there was water, they had, uh, they planted 
potatoes and rows of corn and beans, um, watermelon, cantaloupe, probably some pumpkin, and lots of cucumbers because she made a lot of pickles and a lot more tomato vines because she canned two, about 200 quarts of tomatoes every summer. Like Doris Day in that one movie? But no, she made ketchup. Did your mother make ketchup? Or was it more canned tomatoes? Canned tomatoes. Okay. Because ketchup just has a bunch of sugar in it. Right. I think ketchup would have been one thing if it was around then that they bought at the store. Probably. And you actually made everything with just the canned tomatoes. You didn't have tomato sauce or uh, tomato juice or tomato paste. We were talking tonight with a woman who said she needed a good pie crust recipe. And I thought it was so interesting because to me, being almost 30 years old, cooking and baking with you since the age of four... It's kind of offensive to me when somebody, not offensive, that's the wrong word, but it takes me back when someone's like, oh, here, I bought you three pie crusts. I think of how, like, what your mom, your mom couldn't run to Staters and grab a pie crust. She would have had to have made it. We've talked about this with the laundry. We've talked about this with a lot of things back during this time period of, of America or the world even being so different than today where I can be like, oh, I need to quart of canned well, tomato have them, those kind of things exactly back then shocking to me because i'm like oh yeah i'll order that on amazon and it'll be delivered in two hours or target will deliver it in two hours or stater brothers is a five minute drive i just to think your mother had that added on top of not having these luxuries right oh <laughs> don't get me started on the laundry yesterday that i kept messing up then uh but anyway so she did all this canning, and that first summer, I guess they uh, the first summer she was pregnant with me. The first summer they were married, and they said it was one of the hottest summers in they'd had in ages. Again, no air conditioning, no fans. No. Wait, wait, wait. What year did they get married? 35. And you're 36. Right. <gasps> so anyway, uh, she also canned, not only for her family, but she also canned for uh, her father-in-law, her widowed father-in-law and his younger son. And for my father's uncle. That, lived, that was a widower and lived alone. So she canned for all those people, too. Wow. On a cook stove. Oof, la boof. Wood-burning stove. Ugh. It just amazes me when I think back of all, how, what a hard life that she had. Yeah. Not only her, my mother, but a lot of other women in the Great know, Depression that era. time. But anyway, then, they continued to farm, um, and uh, as I said, they, they had five children, mm -hmm. and then my father had the heart attacks, and uh, his last one was in 1946, and he left her a widow with five 
Five kids. Five kids, ten and under. <laughs> and we really had not, we did not have much money. Well, no, Nebraska. And uh, so we continued to live on the farm and basically be sustained by the food that we grew and the cows that we milked, the chickens that we grew. And uh, then in 1951, I believe it was, or maybe it was the school year of 1950-51, um, my mother's parents passed away. Both? No. First of all, my grandfather had passed away, and my father's portion of his inheritance had been put into saving bonds for our education, the children's education. And they decided because the school that I had, we had to go to, the high school, was 13 miles away, and we had to stay away from home to be able to go, that it, it would be, the money could be spent on our on a home that we could move to St. Paul where we could have, stay at home and have a high school education. And my mother debated between Dederbrog and St. Paul at the time, and she was really torn to go to Dederbrog because that's where she grew up and felt at home. But she decided that we would be better off in St. Paul because it was a county seat and there was more opportunity both for our, us to be able to get work while we were going to school and uh, the town was a little bit bigger, had more stores and things like that. So that's where we moved, and uh, I got to work in the drugstore. My brother started working in the theater, and then I babysat, and my brother would go out and uh, change irrigation pipes in the daytime in the summer. So we managed to get along, and then mother started babysitting for other families and she was able to work for families and they, she talked them into putting her on um, regular salary so she could get social security. And uh, so then I graduated, came to California. And after I was out here for a short time, she wrote that she got the job, offered the job of the town librarian uh, the woman, other woman that had been there for years decided to retire. And so mother took the job. And being a teacher and loving books, it was a great job for her. Yeah. And at the time she took it over, I think they only were open maybe two afternoons and on Saturday. I think they were open Tuesday, like from one to four. Or what? Yeah, or three to five, so the school kids could get to the books for uh, reports and things. Then Thursday they were open till like from noon until seven, and then Saturday from ten till five. And then she built it up till where they were open more hours, and she built up the. Uh, story time on Saturday 
there's still people back there that talk about this is Stephen's story time. And then she worked there until, I think she put 18 years in at the library. Jeez. And so then, and she, and she was walking. We didn't have a car. So she walked the mile and a quarter. Did she have her license? What? Did she have her driver's license? Well, she did up until the car... Stopped working? Stopped working. It wasn't worth repairing. And so then we didn't have a car until Wes was able to buy his own car. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she continued, uh, you know, and she taught Sunday school. She played the organ or the piano in the for Sunday school. We, uh, when we went there, we started going to the Presbyterian Church. And she continued to be a member there until she passed away. And she worked in the women's, uh, she taught adult Sunday school. She taught children's Sunday school at time, different times. She uh, worked with the women's mission group. And as a librarian, she would go to to uh, different uh, churches would have her come in and give book reports on books that really that she had. Uh, yeah, like like I I don't think this book was around then, but there's that series called Left Behind. It's a Christian series about end times yeah. and so like that. Would she read yeah. a book like that and then talk about it? Perhaps that or missionaries, uh, Bush book. A book on missionaries. Oh, that's cool. And uh, that's really cool because I think about my time as a high schooler, how how beneficial that would have been in a church setting to even be able to go up to like, oh, hey, Mrs. Stevens, I've heard a lot about, I'm using this as an example, Grandma, the book Twilight by Stephanie Mayer. Do you think it would be beneficial for me to read? And I could totally see your mom lickety split reading through that and coming back to me and being like well elizabeth it's not a christian book by any means or you know giving me recommendations how cool that be to have she was good at that oh for sure so do you would you credit your mom with your love of reading yes i think so i uh we didn't have many books but we always had books around a few i think hers from teaching for sure. And uh, as far as I can remember, I, I've been reading as long as I can remember. Same. As long as I've known you, you've read. Always had a book. And uh, so did she. And then after she, uh, unfortunately, she developed an eye disease called immaculate degeneration. And she couldn't read anymore. Then she knew about the Library of Congress offering, uh, at that time it was a free machine, a tape player, and the CD that you played on it. And several summers, when I'd go back there, I would spend several hours going over a list of books with her and marking the ones that she would be interested in reading. 
Which is so trippy because I'm doing that with you now. You right. have macular degeneration yes, I also as well. Have that. Do you know if yours is, yours is dry and Bub's was wet, correct? Uh-huh. And was your mother's dry or wet? Do you know? I think it must have been the the uh, whichever one I have because I don't dry. remember her getting. Or maybe they didn't have the shots that they do now. I don't think there was any wet or dry. No, it was just immaculate degeneration. Macular, yeah. And. So we now we can tell our audience, you have lost your vision to the point where you can no longer physically see the words on a page in a book uh-huh. or in a magazine or on like a bill statement or a piece of mail. So your whole family, anyone will read it to you, whatever comes that's important. But we have Audible. Audible has totally helped you have still these worlds you can go into. Right. Imagine your mom with Audible. Right. It would have been wonderful. And the Library of Congress now just has an app. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is get the app. Right now, I just need to call and get an access code, and I'll be enrolled in it and be able to through your books. doctor. Because your doctor has to give you the... She has. Yeah. Perfect. So I knew everything's that. set. I've even got the ca- uh, catalog. Catalog. And it's cool because I've been able to read it to you, but you were flipping through it just yesterday. Nobody who's blind could read this. <laughs> but they have so many machines now for people. Right. I think it's so cool that your mom got to use it too because the Library of Congress, I think it has every book, right? Pretty much. Yeah. They say they have thousands that are accessible. As uh, I don't know if they're all on Audible. That is my problem. There are a lot of books you can buy on Kindle, but they aren't on Audible. Yet. Yet. And I didn't know, and this is for a whole nother conversation, but the difference between publishers. One publisher could say, oh yeah, Debbie McComber can release to Audible. But then if she switches a publisher, oh no, she can no longer release to Audible. And it gets really confusing for those, I think. Those of us that follow authors that like them. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think Wes was a big reader, right? My whole family. Everyone in your whole family. Was your dad? Not really, because my father only had an eighth grade mm. graduation. Uh, education. Education. And um, he just didn't really have time to read. He liked Westerns. Zane Gray was his favorite. Well, like Bub and um, my dad like Louis Lamore. Right. We're at 23 minutes. Oh, we better... We've been yakking. So, I hope you've enjoyed this. I just wanted to... Little glimpse into your mother's... Into my mother's uh, life. And she was a a great woman. woman, And she raised five... Wonderful kids. Yes. We'll have to do a second whole episode. I mean, you've given the background. You've given us a taste. We're going to have to come back and really dive into... Right. Honestly, how just so people can get that grasp of how wonderful of a woman she was. So, so we'll wind this down now and uh, cheerio to you all, and hope you have a wonderful day, night, whenever you're listening to this. Bye. Bye.